Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. Welcome back to the Reticle Up podcast. I've got a special guest on today. So Foster Bartholomew is a multi-world champion in trap shooting. He's on Team Browning in Winchester. We'll talk a little bit a lot about it as well, but his brother is also um, a competitive shooter and world champ. So there's some dynamics here. Um, so Foster, how are you, first of all? Thanks for inviting me on. I'm super excited to be here, but doing well. Yeah. Um, we're to uh, head out for the trap shooting circuit this year. Um, so basically we're going to South Dakota State, Iowa State. We go down for the AIM grant to help um, probably around 1,000 to 1,500 kids down there. We're going to do a youth clinic down there. And then we have two weeks of shooting for us, which is the Grand American. And uh, we have the preliminary week, then the finals week. And that's where everybody goes. It's a world finals for trap shooting for the ATA, um, basically the Mecca for that. And then uh, get back home and I have an elk tag. So excited for that after 23 years of applying. Yeah, I know that's been on your bucket list for a long time. That's so cool. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're... I was gonna say, does your brother get to go with you or is that just you on the elk tag? Um, it'll be just me on the elk tag. Uh, I think my dad's going to help quite a bit. I have a couple other friends that want to help with it. So it's, it's going to be a fun one though. We've, uh, got out, I think 18 or 19 trail cameras already. And so it's, it's been a long, long haul for that one because people don't realize, like, I mean, it takes 45 minutes to set up a trail cam just by driving to different spots, getting these trail cams up and finding the water. So it's, it's a lot of work, but it sounds cool. Yeah, no, I'm excited for you. I'm really excited for you. So what's interesting too, is like you and I, I'll say virtually met on social media. And this happened to me like a couple of times where like we had known each other, I feel like through social media already. So we met at SHOT Show this year, which is so cool that SHOT Show has been like this connection point for me, for meeting a lot of people. I'm like, oh, I feel like I already know you. It was like, no, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. It's like, heck yes. I know. That. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And people make fun of SHOT Show, like whatever, but I love going to it. That was a lot of fun this year. <laughs> yeah. It's so much fun. I mean, seeing everybody, people don't realize it's, it's that get together, that family industry group that everybody knows each other. And yeah. there's so many people within it. Yeah. And I wouldn't run into you at, you know, USBSA or three gun. Um, so you wouldn't run into me either. So it's, it's good that we have that to connect. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you shot that Browning shotgun really well too. Dude, I need the Maxis too, guys. Look it up. It's the most wonderful shotgun ever. <laughs> <laughs> that it is. Just a yeah. Look at it. There. Actually, while you have it, you should tell them the features that are really cool about that shotgun. Um, yeah, so they really did a lot with the cosmetics with this one. Um, my favorite are the different they have rubberized grips on them. Obviously, your cheek pad and yeah, just the just the overall feel of this gun um in hand feels a lot better. I do like for, for goose hunting, they updated the handle. So just like the other one it was okay but this one i mean when you have gloves on and stuff and it's like negative 30 out it, this is the way to go and it cycles phenomenally well shot a lot of geese with this past season and so cool it shoots where i aim with it so it, yeah 
That's so neat. Now with, with them, do you get to like prototype or like test firearms before they hit the market with them? No, no. Just curious. Not, not yet. Okay. I want to see like a foster model shotgun with your name on it. (laughs) Right. Barthlow brothers trap shooting edition. Heck yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's start with that. So first of all, in general, like were you guys raised around firearms? Um, Like how did that even become like part of your life? Yeah. So, I mean, I've always been around guns. My dad shoots, he hunts. Um, he really got us into the outdoors and we'd be going out. I mean, probably I'd say a couple times a month, um, especially during the summertime, just going out, taking the trap thrower and going out and having fun, you know? And, um, so I was definitely ingrained with that outdoor background um, a lot more than I, I think other people. I mean, that's that's what I lived and breathed when I was younger was was hunting and shooting and uh, was completely engulfed with it. So um, we, we just did that a lot in high school. Uh, I ended up seeing a flyer for the trap club uh, for the youth clinic or for the uh, for the youth team um, trials or the tryouts for it. And so I was like, hey, let's let's try this out. This looks like a lot of fun. We went to the shoot. Um, both my brother and I did phenomenally well. And it was just kind of like, where have you guys been? And so we got onto the team, uh, shot really well that year, um, at the grand American, which at that time it was in Vandalia, Ohio, um, was when we got our first Brownings, uh, trap grade. That is there's, there's two different grades of shotguns and we can definitely go through that later on, um, in more detail, but one's the trap grade, and one's more of a field grade for like your hunting stuff. So once you upgrade it into this trap grade shotgun, um, there's a lot of things that help with trap shooting and typically people see their scores go, but yeah, so we got our first Brownings from there and it just went crazy after that. So how many ages, like the age different between you, you two? I can't remember. My brother and I are two years apart. Okay. Yeah. So you are pretty close there. Um, so once you got the Brownings, were you sponsored by them or you're saying like you got a shotgun? When did that no. play? So this is actually uh, the first Browning trap grade shotgun that uh, we bought. Um, definitely we're not sponsored at all. I still use this one. Um, what is it like 20 years later now? Um, just because it is that reliable. And I think I hold like a 99 and a half average for singles with it. Good Lord. So it's kind of one of those things like if it's not broke, don't okay. fix it. How many yeah. rounds do you have through that? Do you think? Oh God. Um, I would say easily a half a million, um, probably more, but yeah, for sure. It, it's, I mean, but it's, it's a lot of shooting. Um, the barrels held up phenomenally well. And like I said, I was out last night at like 1030 at night shooting practice under the lights and still doing fine with it. But a lot of it comes down to choke tube selection as well. And we can go over that too. Yeah. Now it, is it similar like rifles where you can like blow out a barrel with that? Yes. Um, there's probably a lot better, uh, or a lot of other people that have better response that are more <laughs> on that than I am. But I I've heard that, yes, you can essentially, uh, wear a barrel out. Um, yeah, I don't think yet, but that's okay. yeah. To each their own. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So actually while you have that gun in front of you, let's talk about that. So for someone getting in and looking at trap guns i know how expensive they are and i know how expensive they are to get a custom one (laughs) thousands of dollars um but what people don't get that like how to fit a shotgun to you and like how to customize it so can you go over like some of those aspects on that gun and and what you did to fit yourself 
Sure. So they're like getting uh, into it right away, talking about investment. Um, people will spend thousands of dollars literally for their kids going through, uh, you know, six plus years of basketball or into baseball, right? Like baseball, you have baseball bats, gloves, cleats, uh, shoot everything. Like you think of all the stuff, time, energy, effort, driving to the range, like doing everything. There's thousands of dollars invested into this and you're getting zero return back after those playing that sport um where it's nice you invest in a trap shooting gun and this um model is discontinued at this point but um like the new 725s you know they're realistically that four to five thousand dollar range um depending on the features but when you get if you buy a kid one of these guns at the end of the six eight years or the lifetime right you can have it for a lifetime too and it's not going to go bad um but you always have an investment with the shotgun, which is nice compared to other sports where they get out of it. You can always sell it. And the resale value tends to keep its its weight up there pretty well. So See, for uh, my mother, who's not listening, this is my investment for my retirement. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of investments. <laughs> um, so, yeah, when when we start talking about uh, different guns um, and then we get into the trap grade, what makes it? different from a field grade. Um, so you're going to have a lot more adjustability and configurability with it. So we talk, uh, one thing is getting the comb set. So you notice how it's cut out here. Um, this is adjustable and I don't know if you can see it on here, but maybe yep. not. Um, but it is yeah, offset just a little bit and it's a little bit higher. So it really gives me the opportunity to get that good cheek weld. Um, like you guys talk about rifle shooting too. Um, where it's it's locked on every single time without me having to really bend my head over and tilt it, um, which is going to be one of the biggest factors. Now, some of these trap shooting grade guns, just like with any sport, you can go crazy with it. Like there's like twenty to forty thousand dollar shotguns out there. So realistic expectation. I mean, it, it's a five thousand dollar shotgun isn't crazy, um, but they work really well. Everyone can service a Browning in the U.S. and that's that's why we first went with it because everybody could fix it if there was an issue where we're not having to send it overseas if we have a problem. Right. So the second thing with uh, with the gun, with the traction gray gun, is typically you have more adjustability within the trigger um, where you can move it back and forth if you need to. Um, it's a heavier gun overall versus like your hunting grade guns. And that's to take out a lot of that recoil, that felt recoil. Um, with this gun, I mean, I'm shooting, well, between all the guns we have, but for a trap shooting event, we're shooting typically 300 shells a day. So you have to have something that can take that recoil and disperse it into the gun versus you getting all that felt recoil and your shoulder hurting at the 12 end. 12 gauge too? 12 gauge? It, yep. 12 gauge. Yep. Okay. Now, what length barrel is that? That one is a 34 inch. Who? They have, I think, typically for for trap shooting, it's a uh, 30, 32, or. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I think I have a 30. I don't know. I've got to go look. <laughs> I yeah. pick it up today. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that's neat about the shotgun. Now let's let's go into like the chokes. Um, and then I want to get into ammo too. But the chokes are really important. People don't understand that they need to like pattern a shotgun, know where it shoots. And different ammo runs differently in chokes. 100%. 
Yeah. So how do you I deal with know all that? Right. Um, so many people don't know that. And like for turkey season, I try to like to blow that up on social media just because not many people know about that. And it's really critical when it comes down to your performance. Um, so yeah, with trap shooting, um, I mean, you have, you have so many different choke tubes, right? You have some that have um, like your pattern master here, basically that have uh, ribs on the inside of the choke tube. So essentially what that does is um, their theory is it will catch the wad for a split second, slow that down. So it allows a shot to go out for the wad um, to help improve pattern performance and lower shot string length where a regular choke tube, um, you know, keeps everything aligned for, for hunt or uh, for trap shooting. I just, I keep it with a standard choke. Um, I do have the T choke tubes. Um, they are definitely a kind of an upgraded one from like your standard choke tube. They work, work well, but yeah, it's just different constrictions obviously make it a tighter pattern or more open pattern on what you want and how far you're shooting away. Um, so with trap shooting, there's three different disciplines for those listeners and watchers that aren't a trap shooter. Uh, you have singles, handicap, and doubles. So singles is from the 16 yard line. You have five different posts that you shoot from and you have one trap house out in front of you, which is 16 yards away. Uh, you shoot 25 in a round and then total of a hundred shells for that event. Um, then you go over to handicap and handicap is basically judged by uh, your earned yardage that you have. So you'll start at like the 20 yard line. And as you earn yardage and shoot good scores, you move your way back all the way to the 27 yard line. So obviously shooting at the 27 yard line is a little bit more difficult than shooting at the 20 yard line. Um, so it requires different things for choke tubes, different ammo, uh, you know, different point of impacts. And I guess I didn't go through that uh, point of impact for a trap shooting gun will be uh, typically anywhere from like a 60, 40 to hundred percent high. What that means is it's basically shooting two inches high uh, to like 10, 12 inches, like the sky's limit, however high you want to shoot. So you never have to cover that clay target um, versus a hunting gun. It's shooting a 50, 50, where basically if you aim right here, that patterns right there. Um, so I don't understand what you just said on 40, 60, 50, 50. So <laughs> let's start with trying to figure that out. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. I just no, get ran. It's good. It's um, good. So, <laughs> so your, your hunting grade shotgun uh, is going to be a very flat shooting gun is what we call that. Okay. Where basically when you bring up the gun and, and you point at something, right? So if you were aiming at this choke tube, mm -hmm. that pattern, when you shoot is going to be completely engulfed around that specific thing you're shooting okay. so if you think uh, what i mean by 50 50 is um if you have a circle and you draw a line exactly through it and you put your dot right in the middle where you're aiming 50 percent of that pattern is going to be above that line and 50 below that line so it's a flat shooting gun okay. whereas in trap shooting if you have like a 60 40 um, a 60, 40 is going to be approximately two inches high for your center point. So you're still going to be aiming right in that middle, but your pattern's actually just going to be shifted up a little bit. So how do you set up a gun to shoot 60, 40, or is that part of buying the gun or is that the choke? Like, I don't understand that. Yeah. So you can do a few things with, um, so with this one, I have obviously that raised cheek piece on it, um, or the raised comb. And what that will do is essentially, of course, your line of sight higher. 
higher my point of impact with it. Um, yeah, so typically a, a trap shooting grade gun will come set to shoot at least 60, 40, like two inches high, but it will go, like I said, the sky's the limit. There's adjustable uh, ribs on some of them where you can get it, uh, you know, shooting four inches high or six inches high. Basically, whatever you need that feels comfortable. Um, for myself personally, when I'm out trap shooting, I'm, I'm used to hunting, so it's more of a flat shooting gun anyways. Right. When I go out trap shooting, I don't want to cover that target. Um, and that's kind of the, the nice thing with a trap shooting gun is that if like there's a wind or something and that target would jump a little bit, you see that and you can react to it. Where, whereas if you're using a field grade gun, you get to that target and it jumps while well, you're already covering it with the bead. So you can't, it's tougher to make a, a quick move with it. Okay. So it's always be um so basically i'll bring my bead like if this is a clay target i'll bring my bead right to the bottom edge of it pull the trigger and i'm hitting directly center in that clay target okay now here's a, go ahead. that makes sense <laughs> yeah no it makes sense to me um very dumb question probably so for for people that i try to teach about shotgun like your your cheek weld your your eye is the rear sight and that's what you're talking about when you're moving that up down left right whatever um yeah so you really can't shoot cross-eyed on a shotgun, like cross-eyed dominate. Um, I, I mean, you definitely like, so I'm a, <laughs> I'm left eye dominant, mm -hmm. but I shoot handed. Um, there's a few things you can do with that. Hold please. Yep. <laughs> That's why I asked this hard question. <laughs> so I'll see if you can see on here. Hopefully it shows up, but on my glasses, there's a yep. piece of tape essentially um we call it a magic dot it's kind of tiny but hopefully you can oh, I see, see it. it yeah yeah um so essentially what that does is it's going to cover my left eye from seeing like about here um to all the way past and all the way down the barrel and so what happens is my left eye can't see that my right eye takes over and so i'm only seeing one image when i look down the barrel um, but I can still keep both eyes open. So I'm not closing one and getting that eye fatigue. Yeah. By How do lefties shoot then? Um, what, what do you mean? Like, like, so if they use a regular shotgun and they put it on the other side and are they just getting shells like whacking into their arm all day? Well, so the trap shooting grade guns are, Oh, that's right. Break action and over under break. and all that. Yeah. But yes, there's like, there's actual left handed specific guns if you want it's not semi-auto where it's if you're a lefty and they only make right then you're up creek so um but so i mean it yeah right i don't know what your guys is what your policy is but anyways yeah so um that's kind of uh the benefit um like for hunting i obviously have a right-handed shotgun and i'll just typically close one eye and call it good but I can shoot left-handed too. And yeah. Okay. I'm still locked up Creek. All right. So we got, we got distracted at some point. What were we talking about? Chokes. We're talking about chokes. chokes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where we went off on the other point of impact is where you went off on the tangent, which is good. Well, where <laughs> did we, at? where did we stop at? <laughs> um, yeah. So there's just a lot of different chokes. And when you go to pattern a shotgun, um, the different that you use like if you have three of them that are improved modified and, <laughs> and you go out and shoot all three or four or five whatever those choke tubes you'll have different patterns just because different choke tubes um, even though they say improve modified the same exact thing they can shoot 
a little bit different left, right, up, down, or a different pattern of size as well. Same thing. So you, you start looking at the ammo you shoot and the choke tube you use. And I mean, literally for turkey hunting, I'll have ones that the uh, pattern will be like up here, stead center, over here, wider, narrower. And so that's really what I try to tell people because some people will um, go out and if they're getting ready for turkey hunting, if they're getting ready for trap shooting, they'll go and they'll shoot a different ammo um, than what they're going to actually shoot for when they hunt or when they go out on in competitions. And I try to tell people to stay away from that. Use a one specific ammo just, just because what you shoot with. Yeah. Sort of though, right now and times are tough. Now it's where it's like, <laughs> you get what you get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even with that, if you can at least try to stay consistent, um, you know, if you can buy three flats of shells and have that for a shoot, like do that instead of buying, you know, five boxes here and five boxes there. Yeah. It's not one. That's probably the whole hoarding thing that is causing this in the first place too. But, but anyways, yeah. So if you can, at least if it's possible, try to keep your ammunition consistent. Yeah. Now, where do you keep that data for, um, shotgun choke patterns and shotguns and all that? Do you have it written down? Right up here now. <laughs> yeah but now i've gone out i mean i'm kind of half, half a million rounds through a shotgun you probably know <laughs> right um my brother's the complete opposite though like he doesn't really go he doesn't want to pattern his gun much like he'll do it uh, a couple times but not definitely like what i do like i go out crazy like every single year like go and pattern the gun make sure it's shooting where it needs to be just two completely different aspects um of, of personalities of you know and so, yeah, I mean, it's to each their own, but if you can, you, especially like you get a new gun, whether it's a hunting gun or trap shooting gun and anything, um, it's always good to go and pattern that gun just to make sure it's shooting where you're aiming or where you're pointing. Yeah. So I don't, I don't go to a competition without checking zero, whether it's at the range or before yep. I leave, but yeah, I mean, even like before three gun matches, like Rob and I would go out and make sure like that, that gun zero, I mean, zero, zeros can shift in flights. I've had that mm -hmm. happen in the car. Um, yep. Mounts can can do that too. But yeah, there, there's a lot that goes wrong. So for people listening, love Matt. That's your brother. Um, but do what we do and check. Yes. And <laughs> was it the video of, was it Hunter that posted that one of his scope falling off on Instagram? <laughs> Bye. And I had, I sent him a message because I have one uh, from Nationals where I only have one dot on the, the rifle. I borrowed the PCC, but yeah, floop, there goes the dot. So I was just shooting with an empty rail. I was like, cool. <laughs> Ooh, is that pretty common though? Does no, that no. So I was borrowing it and I'm since then I've put two dots on them and this is my fault. So like I carry my PC in a bag because you kind of have to for the sport and you have to unbag it. Long story short, my offset two weekends ago came off, came loose because it just jiggles the whole time. So at least I still have the primary gun. But then like for his, he had a QD mount and so do I with the Hollisons. Like they're the QD. I mean, they can come unlatched. Who knows? Happens. <laughs> just happens to the most unlucky ones. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, uh, so, okay, shot, like shotgun loads, so ammo. So I know there's a bajillion rounds out there, but I, I'm yep. curious about inches, velocity, ounces, the shot pattern. What do you use for actual trap competition? And then if you want to share a little bit about the hunting side of stuff too. Man, I could go off on another tangent, as you call it, with this. Too. I mean, I've got ammo to test for the new gun that i just got and it's all winchester this is a cool box by the way 
right? But yeah, that new one, pretty, pretty awesome. Um, yeah, there's, like you said, there's so many different uh, styles, right, of, of trap shooting, hunting rounds. Um, it's tough to, like, I'm getting ready for my elk hunt. It's like, man, there's so many different selections of rifle shot rounds and it's like which ones do you go with but yeah for for trap shooting um they do have a set limitations of kind of what you have to use um or within specs and so it can't be anything over 1250 50 feet per second um you can't have more than an ounce and an eighth of shot and then the shot sizes uh i think it's eight shot to now I have to think on this one or uh, seven and a half shot to nine shot. I believe or nine and a half shot is the kind of the standard or you can't really go in between or, or above those, right? You can't go with like six shot or 10 shot. That's um, yeah. Singles, yeah. handicap, doubles, all of that is just all one set. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you ask a hundred different people and they're going to have their own recipes, what we call it with all of our clinics. Um, we, we try to say everybody's different and what I shoot is not going to work for everybody else, um, to find your own recipe. And once you find that stay consistent, if you can with it, obviously with shells right now, like we talked about, it's tougher, but, <laughs> um, yeah. So going over the trap shooting rounds that we use, uh, for the 16 yard, we use a, uh, it'd be your double a heavy loads which is a 1200 feet per second ounce and eighth of eight shot and it hits it super hard i know a lot of people use like your we, light we use 1250s and 1300s and three gun but those yeah us to knock stuff but, over yeah yeah you're not shooting like 200 of those or maybe but <laughs> uh some match and i have done that i've shot an all falling steel match with shotgun only and it was like 300 rounds so i loaded that all day yeah it's fun Ooh. fun fingertips <laughs> born by the end of that one um sure, yeah, so, bruised, but yeah <laughs> um so we get into yeah for uh for your um sorry it's been a morning hour. um for handicap yeah so i'll shoot a 1250 so i'll increase the speed so it gets there a little bit quicker um and then i'll use seven and a half shot still ounce and eighth so basically just a little bit bigger shot and a little bit faster so it gets there approximately the same time of what i'm used to shooting with uh with singles mm -hmm. and then for doubles we go crazy with it we shoot a light round first uh followed by a heavy double a heavy um load and so essentially with that one we're shooting the lights which is 11:45 feet per second of eight shot mm -hmm. uh still ounce and eighth and reason for that is we, we keep everything ounce and eighth um, they do make one ounce loads, but we're young. Our shoulders are still good. And I'm one of those guys. It's like, man, if I could use a three inch shell or a three and a half inch shell out trap shooting, I'd probably do it just because it's going to be more shot in there. Um, but realistically though, um, we try to go ounce and eighth over just a one ounce load because it's, a it, more shot in a better pattern. So pretty simple but it's kind of one of those things that uh, a lot of people don't think about or yeah. they just get go okay this is great and and we try to really have a, a plan um of consistency going into a shoot so consistency is huge now we did skip over that too uh dumb question what are doubles doubles yes thank you um so doubles is gonna be <laughs> we did didn't we, we did. um doubles is gonna be from the 16 yard line as well just like with singles 
The only thing is instead of one target coming out, you have two targets coming out. Um, it's nice with doubles. Um, they are set for coming out in the same exact spots every single time versus oscillating like you'll see with uh, 16 yard singles. Um, so it's nice because you can, there's a couple different styles of shooting that you can use because you know where they're coming out on that same plane every single time. You can do what you call spot shooting, where basically you find like a little point in the background where this target is intercepting and you'll put your hold point up there. And when that target gets to it, you pull the trigger. Um, so it's like super fast. So you say pull and I mean, right away you're, you're shooting that clay target, which gives you a lot better time to get to that second target um, before it starts falling. So again, to each their own, there's a million different ways of shooting or how people shoot or the loads they use. Um, it's just, I found a recipe that works well for me and I stick with it. And that's when they pull, I mean, it both fly out. It's not like a report pair. Right. Yep. Yep. They both fly out. Yep. Um, yeah. It, so it's, um, but yeah, so like with, with that, we use a light load right away just so there's less recoil, mm -hmm. um, less muzzle jump and it, the, get on that second bird just a little bit quicker. Cool. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So what I, I really want to know too, with this uh, trap shooting, how did your brother win and you win and how does that competitiveness kind of play off each other at matches? Sure. So um, I guess to kind of, we'll rewind it back to the, the start. Um, we got our Brownings. Uh, both my brother and I went through the SCTP, which is a scholastic clay target program, okay. uh, which is your, I guess, more high school uh, shooting sports program. Uh, myself, my brother, and three other people from Rapid City, we ended up winning the national title um, that year. I think it was 2005 or 2006. So as a team? Um, like all three? As, yep, yep. Um, five people total. Okay. Um, yep, so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so ended up winning the national title for that. Now getting into the ATA, um, you don't really have team uh, shooting. Like you'll shoot with four other people, but it's not like you're a team, like the scores are all combined. So uh, 2008, fast forward now, 2008, um, I ended up winning the Grand American Singles Championship event. Um, and it was really cool because out of, I think about 6,000 shooters there, typically 50 to 70 people will run all 200 out of 200 singles targets but for the championship event. They do 200 because it'll cut out a lot of people that, that miss one out of the 200 versus just doing a hundred and then going into shoot offs. So um, out of the 6,000 shooters, I think, yeah, there were 68 or ish people that, that ran all 200. Um, so that night you go to the shoot offs and basically you, you get checked in and then they start calling off, all these names, right. And they have a bunch of different trap houses and under the lights and, and you just start shooting and, and keep going until you miss. Um, I mean, realistically with singles. And so, uh, it went from like 70 people to 30 people to 15, eight. Um, all of a sudden we're, we just keep shooting, um, got to 200 targets of shoot off that night, quit. So it picked up for that next night. So we all shot the events. Um, and then shot 200 rounds for singles for that night for the shoot offs. And after I want to say it was 600, um, three nights of shooting, 
uh, it was myself and two other people left, which like this is already past like the longest shoot off ever before. Um, so yeah, it was it was really cool in, in that regards. But overall, ended up um, what the one kid dropped one, and it was myself versus one of the guy, and we ended up going eleven hundred rounds total. Before the president of the ATA came out and said, "Hey guys, like this is the last day of the Grand American, and we're." It, Performance-wise, this is beyond what anyone's ever done. You've over doubled the longest shoot-off in history. Um, so they asked if we wanted to declare co-champion with this, uh, which was really cool because it's the first time in history that that's ever happened to. Yeah. So for for me, this was obviously great. It uh, it for well for my brother and I, it gave us a lot of exposure. Um, we were able to get on with Browning, get on with Winchester, and and really have our name starting to be recognized. Yep. And that it, it was a huge deal for us because it opened the door to being able to help more people too yeah. and get our message out and uh then in 2011 my brother won the world doubles title with two targets coming out um and then yeah things just grew from there we kept doing more and more youth clinics uh, we were going around doing i think probably 10 to 15 youth clinics a summer for free um not charging anything at all and, and helping kids just again having a positive message and uh fast forward now to where we're at and my brother's held the highest double average i think for the last seven out of eight years what and has the i think second longest uh singles run um with what is it 1540 some targets without uh, registered targets without missing for singles um, and then you know, we go to the grand American and it, it's tough because it's like just to win one award at the grand American is phenomenal. And it's a huge, huge honor to be, to be honest, like people go there for years and they never win a trophy. Um, so I don't want to come off like we've won all this stuff. It, it, we, we try to stay very humble with it, but, um, you know, we, we do shoot very well and, and win quite a few trophies from the grand and, you know, we'll come home with typically around 20 plus trophies from the grand but again like we we say that you know and not to brag about it but just here's here's our shooting accomplishments like yeah. you know me i try to stay very humble about it because um that's just not me but yeah no i mean like that that's again a lot of people can't say that i mean you're almost you're shooting on olympic level i feel like right yeah so we did try out for olympics okay. um i'll just say it wasn't wasn't my cards okay <laughs> yeah um great people in that we that we met we got to train with at that time the head coach for the olympic shooting team and we did phenomenally well but um it, it's just two completely <clears throat> excuse me two completely different styles of shooting um nothing wrong with it there's great people in it but um the impact that we have with ata trap shooting uh, regular trap shooting um it's just tough to walk away from that at this point. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Uh, yeah. okay. Questions on winning all of these trophies and stuff. First of all, I want to know, because this is the same in any sport. What is your like mental game like to keep your head in it for that long, stay focused? And then what is your like training leading up to all of that? God, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so my dad used to play for the Phillies baseball team. Um, so mental wise, he had the 
best coaches, best training coaches and, and any sport you have, you have, like, if you look at like Tiger Woods, right? Like he has a diet coach for eating, right? He has a coach for this, a mental coach. Like he has coaches throughout his whole entire life telling him to stay on this right path for this specific purpose. Um, trap shooting, any other sport you have is no different. If you can find someone that's a good mental coach, I think that's where we got really very fortunate is we have the best mental coach in the world. Um, and it's my dad, but yeah, it, it's tough. Cause like growing up, um, you know, what, what do you know about mental side of things? And I would, I could go and kick myself in the ass like 18 years ago, but, um, I think that's everybody in general, but yeah, so we, we've been very fortunate to have the best mental coach and really elevate our game. Um, what we talk about is perfect practice in all of our clinics that we do, there's two different ways of practice. Well, there's a lot of different ways, but there's two ways that we really focus on. One is a um, quantitative versus qualitative measure. So growing up, right, like it was always like, okay, go hit 100 baseballs, go make 100 free throws or shoot 100 free throws, um, go shoot 100 shells for trap shooting. It was always that quantitative but it wasn't in a quality sense where you're dedicated with a purpose mm -hmm. and you see that a lot for any trap shooters and probably three gun anybody where they go on they shoot practice and they do phenomenally well but they get over to a competition they fall apart mm -hmm. well why that one can be mental and two is how they actually train um so we call it perfect practice perfect practice for that reason um because you can go out instead of shooting 100 shells um, and this is for trap shooting. Instead of shooting 100 shells, go out and shoot 25 or 50, 100% dedicated, focused, and exactly like how you would shoot competition. Um, my brother has a warm up routine. It lasts typically 12 to 13 minutes where he'll sit down, put headphones on, get in the zone. And he does that regardless if he's going out to shoot one box or one round of shells or one, one box of shells or, uh, you know, shoot 300 rounds um, get ready for a competition. So the more you can keep everything consistent, um, the better. Again, we see so many people that they'll go out, they're not focused. They're not dedicated for practice. It's just, you know, they're, they're doing things and it's great. And then they get to competition and, and the wheels fall off and it's like, well, what just happened? And it's like, well, sit down think about this. And, and for kids, we see this a lot where, um, if we can, if we can implement some sort of uh, competition between them, mm -hmm. um, it seems to elevate their game a little bit more than you would just saying, you know, okay, you go out and, you know, shoot the best you can. Yep. Um, if you have like a reward at the end, right? So like with a team, it'll be um, whoever wins gets ice cream or, you know, like movie, like so something of, of value, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, like the light comes on and they, want to shoot good yep. um so if you can do that with any you know if you're working with a shooting team by all means um for myself i've been very fortunate because i also have the uh toughest competitor um to shoot with and you know being my brother. um and so it's when you look at it like we, we always tell people it's you're not shooting against someone like your competition isn't that other person it's you versus that target um but it's also good to have that competition factor yeah. where you're shooting with someone else that's a, a high grade or high quality shooter and it seems to elevate your game um yep. you know you shoot with people that shoot hundreds hundred streets and you're 
going to be the next one that shoots a hundred straight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So again, there's, there's so much with the mental game we can talk about um, going out like in wind. There's, there's a lot of people we'll, we'll call them JPs justification points where basically they put it in their mind. Um, that it's, I'm oh, sorry. I had a phone call coming in. Um, that basically it's okay to go out and miss a target. Um, it's windy out. It's too sunny out. There's clouds in the sky. There's a bug on my barrel. There's boyfriend. Bug or on my barrel. Oh yeah. Sweat bees. Sweat bees in Illinois are ridiculous, but, um, like boyfriend, girlfriend issue, work issue, school issue. Like there's so many things that people will get in their mind and put as what we call JP blockers, um, where, they get out to the line. They're not focused on shooting. They're not, there's other stuff going on up there. So if you can let all that go and focus on what you need to focus on with shooting and that, that goes for anything, whether it's trap shooting, whether it's three gun archery, yep. anything. Oh, yeah. I think that's why kids succeed a little bit better because they don't have any of those worries or a lot of them. And they just go and they're like, I'm here to have fun. What problems in life? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I mean that, yeah, mental game's huge. Okay. So talk a little bit about the youth camps that you guys put on. So like who does those, how many kids do you have? Where are they held? How would someone get to do that? All that jazz. Sure. So, um, like I said, we used to do a ton of them throughout the U S just like we get it set up kind of as we were going on the circuit, um, for trap shooting, we do a clinic here and a clinic there and just all throughout the U S but we've had to kind of scale it back a little bit because we were getting so many people um, not appreciative of what we were doing. And it was more like, Hey, uh, you have to come to our club or else we're not going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like it got to the point where we just said, okay, let's, let's do this in a positive way where we can get one central place that we're meeting up or a couple of places throughout the U S um, where we can plan on hosting it every single year. And so we do a, a clinic in Pierre, South Dakota and Pierre, not Pierre um, for any of those that don't live in South Dakota, you can look it up on Google. And it says that like, if you're not a South Dakota um, native or a citizen, um, however you want to say that South Dakotian, um, a lot of people will say Pierre, when they come through and then yeah anybody that's local like in pier when yeah so any anyways that's off really topic important. <laughs> yeah, important um it's just funny because we'll laugh like people on the phone it's like yeah we're going to be going through pierre and it's like huh, you have no idea um but anyways that's yeah left field so um but yeah where was i at even now <laughs> so these believe- camps one's in south dakota P- pure pierre <laughs> Here. That knows South Dakota's capital. Oh. <laughs> okay. Fun fact. I have no idea where any states are besides like the few that I'm around. I have no idea what capital is. Geography is not for me. <laughs> That's fair. That's what Google Mother Google is for, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so one camp's there. <laughs> yep. So one camp is in Pierre, South Dakota. Um this gosh, we've been hosting it there six six or seven years now. Um, this past year we had 260 kids, about a hundred and I think 140 to 180 parents. Like it was crazy big. Yeah. Um, 
35 coaches from, I want to say five or six different states come to this volunteer like coaches. Yeah. Yep. Um, so our clinic, everything is free of charge. Uh, it was really cool. Winchester sent out a bunch of flats for the kids for trap shooting shells. Um, South Dakota state, uh, paid for all the clay targets. Um, and then Lynn's Dakota Mart here in South Dakota paid for all the, all the food for the kids. So it was, like, it, it's pretty cool because they, they get there and everything's free. Like we don't charge anything for our time or travel. Um, so it's, it, again, it's just these messages of uh, positivity, um, accountability, passion, shooting clay targets and everything in between. So we have, we have a presentation that we go through and it's typically probably about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how in-depth we want to go or how off topic I get. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so basically we'll, we'll go through all of that with the presentation and then we get out um, on the, on the range shooting with the kids. Um, so they're shooting, we're, we're coaching, helping them. We'll come in for lunch, typically go over a few different things that we saw or things to have kids try out. Um, we'll do some giveaway stuff get some photos and then we'll go out shooting again. And then after these shoots, we always try to end with an Annie Oakley because we talked about that competition factor and like you'll watch kids go through and do very, very well, but then you get them into this Annie Oakley and it just elevates them a, a step further. It's like, okay, like, cause we'll put in like 50 bucks or like a flat of shells or uh, my, my mom and dad made uh, belt buckles for this. Um, the Annie Oakley winner for Barthel brothers clinic. And yeah. And so like, if they win, they, they get to take this belt buckle home. Um, so, I mean, yeah, again, you, you have a prize and it elevates their game tremendously. What's the age age range for the camp people? Um, so we typically try to, it's not as much like a hunt safe course. Um, we're more welcome to have people that haven't shot before come to these because it's a great opportunity to learn, but we try to have, yeah, at, at least a year or two under their belt. Um, yeah. So safety. Yeah. safety wise, yeah, because we're working with a lot of kids. And um, yeah. again, we, we do have kids that haven't shot before come to these events. Um, but typically, yeah. we we just be careful with with no, that. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, and then um, we we call it a youth clinic, but anyone is free to come to these clinics. Um, I mean, we'll have guys that are 60 70 coming to these clinics too to learn um and then so we have uh, one in pier uh we um in the past have held one in west point iowa um that one schedule wise for this year was not going to work out um have other stuff going on that we couldn't make happen but we will be going down then to the aim grand and that is in sparta illinois it's at the largest uh, trap shooting facility in the u.s um it's two and a half miles of trap houses if you can believe that or not like yeah you sit in the middle and like you look both ways and it's just solid fields of trap shooting oh my god uh, how many acres is two and a half miles of stuff? a lot and they have a sporting clays range or a couple of them um they have skeet they have archery like it's it's really cool if you have the opportunity to check out sparta illinois or the WSRC, the World Shooting Recreational Complex. Yeah. I would recommend you check it out. Um, okay. When there's no shooting going on, it's it's a desert. <laughs> it's pretty bare. Yeah. Um, but I mean, when when there's big shoots going on, 
it's crazy how it fills up and there's yeah. people. So is there an off season for shotgun drops shoot, uh, shooting in general or. Um, I, I mean, you'll have people that shoot year round, like down in Texas, especially, yeah. but for myself, I'm too engulfed with hunting that we, we shoot for two months out of the, the summer and that I'm ready to put the shotgun down and pick up a different shotgun. <laughs> okay. All right. So yeah. talk about the hunting stuff that you've done. Like what animals have you hunted? How are you? Like, I know you do hunting guide, guide stuff too. Like talk about that. Sure. Um, yeah. From, from an early age, I love hunting everything. That's, I don't know, always kind of what I've, that's one of my biggest passions for sure. Like I remember in like elementary school, like I was so excited because I get to go on a pheasant hunt with my dad. And like, he'd always pull me out of school early on Friday. I felt like the luckiest, coolest kid in the world. Cause it's like, you know, I'm turning the flip and yeah, you're heading out. And, um, as long as I kept my grades up, uh, but yeah, we were, we're heading out going pheasant hunting and I'd be like studying, going over, coming back. And, um, but that's, that's what I love to do. Get out into outdoors. I've always, always had a passion for it. Um, and it's just, I don't know, something about getting away from everybody else and yeah your own time to be you um but so peasant or pheasant um turkeys have you, yeah. have you have you hunted sand cranes or is that on your list sandhill cranes i have hunted sandhill um, cranes, you don't know oh my gosh it's so they they call them ribeye in the sky yeah they're phenomenal and it, it does not it, it's more like a new york strip but regardless like yeah you can fillet those open and put them right on the grill and you'll swear to god it's the best steak you ever had wow okay well um, yeah so sandhill cranes ducks geese turkeys elk deer antelope um i did shoot a buffalo when i was younger what where yeah um so it was here in south dakota um my dad uh bought myself and my grandpa uh, buffalo hunt each so like we both you know went out shooting a ton i think i was 14 at the time mm-hmm. um yeah and so I, I shot my buffalo first and then uh he shot one as well and it was like this really cool experience that i don't really talk about much anymore but yeah it's oh, um, buffalo is really good like really oh good. so good yeah like my grandma had to buy like three extra freezers for all the meat for these it's still um, cheaper than having to buy that meat. <laughs> if we could go back, then yeah, shoot a few more buffalo for sure. But uh, yeah, so uh, pretty much if I can hunt it, I'm definitely doing it. Yeah. Um, my love stuff hunting. So it's nice we get back from trap shooting and immediately like I have fields scouted out and know where the doves are at. And we go out and it's 15 doves per person per day out here. And it's crazy. Like we'll go out and my brother will have his 15 doves like i'll call him and be like hey how many you got and he's like oh i'm at like eight and it's like oh cool i have like two you know and um but yeah like he'll get his 15 doves he's just he's a sure shot with doves that's cool yeah that's cool. But, now, uh, and you guys or you have a hunting dog i do yep yep so his name is shadow he's now nine years old so he's getting up there a little bit but he still goes like he's three years old um but yeah he does very well i've trained him for waterfowl a lot of people same thing um you have like a pheasant hunting dog or waterfowl hunting dog i I feel like 
it's kind of one or the other. They can do okay with the other one, but he's trained for waterfowl. So basically he knows all of his commands. Like he's been out on gosh, three, four, 500 yard retrieves. Wow. Um, and he'll, if he can hear the whistle, he'll sit down and stop and wait for the next command, whether it's over away or back. Um, it's pretty incredible to watch. Did you train him or did he go off to a school? No, I, I trained them all on my own. Um, that was, I, I wanted to do that. That was like a huge, at that time, like I had a lot more time than I do now, it seems like, but, um, that was, so like we started off training them with like feathers and then we went out pigeon. Um, and then like, I, I remember my wife basically holding, holding him in the kennel as I would come up to shoot a pigeon and then letting him go when I would say his name. So it's really cool. Like when we're out goose hunting now, he just knows all this now and doesn't like don't practice a whole lot in the summertime. Um, he just gets out and he gets into his blind and it's like a lights, a light bulb switch on switches on. Cause he's also but, a total like lap dog. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> but he gets out. Um, and it's really cool because birds come in, they'll be landed like 10 yards away from him, and he'll stay in his kennel and doesn't get out or we get up to shoot. Um, he doesn't break at all. So he doesn't go until I say shadow dead bird. Um, which is, I don't know, kind of one of my big pet peeves for waterfall. Cause like you have birds landing and all of a sudden dogs are going out and yep. that's my scariest thing. Like is if a dog would get shot out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you do it's, public land and private land then? Um, yeah, in South Dakota, it's uh, you have I'd say more more private land that you hunt, okay. um, especially up here. That corridor with the river right there has so many ducks and geese that migrate down on it that it's it's tough to com- it's tough to say no to go over there when there's a quarter million birds in that. Um, so yeah, we we do tons of hunting but typically it's more more private um but definitely there's a lot of public ground up there too yeah now and and he's a black lab so i know yeah yeah, we've had this conversation um you know australian shepherds (laughs) there's (laughs) black labs (laughs) so yeah 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 (laughs) what'd you say i'm gonna stick with the lab that's fair that's fair um actually we'll we'll talk about that so at shot show (laughs) We're hanging out with Tony McBride and Dylan and uh, Dylan Foster, a total lab, lab owners, lab dog owners, whatever. And me and Tony are like team Australian shepherds. Like we love our dogs. That's where all of this came from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like, just met those two for the first time. We were at, uh, what was it? Top golf. Yes. And yeah, started talking to him and found out Dylan's a huge elk hunter as well. So like, we're going like crazy on elk hunting and duck and goose hunting and yeah, <laughs> Like come over and start talking about dogs and it's like get out of here like with your <laughs> or whatever they are australian shepherds oh my gosh hers is so cute danny's so cute now for people listening so um foster has a hidden talent that he hasn't shared yet with the world um so, <laughs> you so, see it do what i said you can see it on instagram it's true you gotta be careful of how you put that that that's we true. take place so his hidden talent though is hitting golf balls over the um top golf straight back to like what 600 yards what is that oh like it's yeah i'm i love driving the ball but anything other than that i mean 
I used to play golf. Well, let me rewind that one. Um, I'd go out practicing golf with my dad. Mm-hmm. So he showed me a few things, but I, I love to drive the ball. And so that's what I'd always practice and <laughs> pretty with it. I think next year we should take a shot per ball over the fence. Cause we didn't do that. And I think we would all be blitzed by the end of it. So I think you sent like four or five balls and it showed the velocity. Right? <laughs> it was fun. Cause like, well, who was trying to do that right away? Was it Hunter or JR? I feel like it had to have been JR. That's a JR thing. I feel like. Yeah. He was trying to get it over the, I think, didn't he get it over the fence? I think he got it over once, yeah. And like Marco and I did not. Tony didn't. Did Dylan? I don't remember. We have videos. It was a natural at everything, so you'd think that he would just send it over two season, but so good. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. So yeah, they're like, "Hey, do you?" Well, yeah, you were like, "Hey, do you do you uh, golf at all?" And I'm like, "Well, I, I can drive it, okay." Just a little bit. Well, we went. What was it? Uh, Sioux Falls. We went again, and a kid brought his own driver with and they're sitting next to us and i'm just using the the golf clubs that that they have mm-hmm. and the kid's like dude you have to use this driver i'm like he's like yeah this is one that like that tiger woods use uses or something it's like a 700 dollar driver or something 800 um he's like yeah hit hit this one a few times and did and it was just like money just Bye. butter going. yeah <laughs> that's your new thing <laughs> Oh, that yeah, I have to do that again. That was fun. 100%. 100%. So I know we've, we've digressed a little bit here too. I wanted to talk and it's like completely kind of state uh, changing subjects, but I want to talk about social media and how like you've used social media for positive. I feel like I have hopefully, um, but how important that is for, you know, second amendment for sponsors for just in general, like this, the concealed carry and politics and everything like that. So how do you see people like using social media and how can we do better on social media? Sure. Um, I think, oh, sorry, I have a text going through. Um, I think you see a lot of pros and cons with hunting side, shooting side. Um, obviously, social media in general, I feel, is completely against the Second Amendment. Yeah. Um, so it's tough because there are limitations. Um, but it, being positive, right? Like on my page, especially right now during the summertime, I'm going to be posting a lot with shooting content, a lot with tips and how to do different things and really try to educate a lot more people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in that sense, it's, it's a very good tool, obviously for, for your sponsors, right? Like they, they love it because it's, it's content gold for helping those people. that are just getting into shooting. Um, there's so many new shooters in America right now too. And I'm, sure you've probably gone over that with a lot of different podcasts that you do and it's cool to see though i read an article literally today it said a million gun transfers in june yep yeah and i'm like 12 of those so (laughs) right (laughs) kidding and not kidding all at the same time yeah (laughs) don't look my safe but here you go um yeah so i mean but that that's the cool part is that there's such a great opportunity to get in front of people and make such a big impact with others um, but I think that on the other side of the spectrum, right, like, especially you see hunting content where there's so many people that it's all about the kill now, or it's all about the Instagram photo, um, rather than the experience and the hunt, um, that again, pros and cons, because you have no matter what you do, right. You're going to have people for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. Um, so it, it's tough to say like social media has 
flipped the game for hunting, but there definitely are a lot more people that are, you know, posting everything to social media that shouldn't be posted. Yeah. Um, but again, it's, it's a great tool to learn. And I mean, for, for any kind of hunting, um, you learn so much by watching other people too, and yeah. kind of how they do it, mistakes they might make or how, you know, things that they do that are completely right that have helped me on the field too. So yeah. it's, it's a great tool. And especially just like with, with shooting sports or anything else, um, how we met on social media, like you, you wouldn't know these other people. So it's, it's a great tool for learning and meeting other people and seeing other people in the industry and how they do stuff. And yeah, uh, but yeah, it, it's tough. Cause, um, anymore now, it seems like on Instagram, my views I get are way lower. Whatever algorithm algorithm they have now is. No, yeah. no. We're there's a lot of shadow banning and, um, we, we try to use this hashtag for this giveaway of a buddy of mine. And it was like multi-gun range day. They blocked every single picture on there. Then it was multi-fun gun range day or something like that all gone as well. Like we just kept trying different hashtags and straight up, like I could see a picture. Someone else could see like two, even though there were dozens and then ended up like being removed. Like it, it's wild. It's not wild, but it's, it's freaking annoying. Right. And the answer isn't like having a like parlor, having a separate platform just for us. Like, I think that's great and all, but it's not because at the end of the day, we should be educating and teaching people that don't know firearms or like are curious about firearms. And so like, we don't need to be in our own bubble. We all still need to be, I don't know, connected. If that makes sense. Yep. Absolutely. It does. So that's a challenge. So many people on the other side of the fence that, that they've, they've, they've seen guns in a negative way, whether that's mainstream media, whether that's, you know, just friends or family that haven't hunted, don't shoot, don't really understand what it's about. Um, but you have trap shooting being the fastest growing sport in America right now, and it doesn't get any attention on it. And the safest sport in America um, you know, there's been millions of rounds shot and you don't have accidents and definitely you don't see injuries like you do with baseball or football yeah. or anything else. Um, but again, it doesn't get that attention that it really deserves. Yeah. But it never will. Maybe. No, I don't think it will, but I'll, but yeah, it's <laughs> no. love to be positive, but no. <laughs> right. Yeah. But no, it's, it, it's a great place, social media. And like I said, for sponsors, for yeah. getting it people hopefully educating others showing them the right things to do or, or what we do and hopefully that will make an impact with them 100 percent. yeah now i'm gonna ask you a question that i ask a lot of my students so i'm assuming you carry a gun every day i have one around yeah okay okay um well i mean my question is like why why do you feel like you know a firearms a tool something that you feel safe with like why do you carry why do you keep guns What's well i mean I'm out hunting and I'm going to definitely carry a, a pistol with me because yeah, you, you have a situation where something happens. Um, you, you definitely need it. it you know, you, you have a rifle in, in that same case, but, or even out archery hunting, I guess, but um, it, it's just that safety factor yeah. when we're out here, you know, and there's mountain lions in the black Hills of South Dakota. So you never know, but you turn them around um, for personal defense and, concealed carry um i feel like south dakota is a little bit different from a lot of other places where at any given time you could have 10 people in the store carrying a gun and not know about it um but there's just a lot less restrictions out here so i don't feel like i probably have as good of insight as maybe someone that's closer to a city or 
season yeah. into perspective. Um, but yeah, that's that's why I, if I lived in a bigger city, for sure, like you'd see that gun on my hip all the time if if I could, <laughs> or you know where where it's at. Not yeah. going to go into something, yeah. But um, I don't know. I mean, uh, what do you think? Like, what's uh, how is it out there for you guys? I mean, like, I mean, for Florida, you know, you have to go through a class. Tennessee is the same way. Um, Tennessee changed, though, to constitutional carry, which is great, but it's for open carry and, and in the state only carry. Right. So the reciprocity isn't there for me, who is never home. <laughs> I need a handgun permit that um, is reciprocated with other states. So I have my my Florida and my Tennessee one. Um, but like for me, I've never had to pull a trigger, but I've had to use a firearm uh, when someone was breaking into my apartment in college. Um, I have been the receiving end of abuse, I'll just say that, um, had stitches in my ear, all sorts of stuff where at that time, like I wasn't old enough to have a gun, wish I had not to pull a trigger, but to deescalate the situation or, or stop a threat. Right. Like that's, or even the in-between, like having a knife, having pepper spray, like whatever it looks like. Um, I think it's important to have the tools just to be able to equalize the fight. Right. So like there are people that are bigger than me, stronger than me that I can't outrun <laughs> or, and I can't outmaneuver. Um, so it's just really important for me. And like, I, this is different for everyone, but I am like prepared, I would say to protect someone else. Like if it's my friend, my family member, all of that, like that's my responsibility. If I can save them from something and I have the gun, right. I'm going to, I think I say that, right. I've never been in that situation, but for me, my why is that nobody else can, is going to defend it for me. <laughs> Law enforcement don't get paid enough to be attached to my hip. Um, <laughs> and they're not going to be there fast enough. <laughs> but it's like no offense, Tony. <laughs> no offense, yeah, awesome. But um, yeah, I mean, like I, I share my police corps report in a lot of my classes. I call the police, and then I call my friends when I was uh, having that guy break in stuff and have my my gun out. And my friends got there before the police got there. Oh wow! Yeah. So I mean, the response time is it is what it is. But if if I didn't have that, I don't think I would feel safe or comfortable. I don't know what I would have done. Just panicked. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, but I think that definitely something you want to have. Um, it's just, how do you educate more people on this? Because again, mainstream media projects this in such a negative light that if you're trying to defend yourself, um, all of a sudden, I mean, it's crazy, but no, I definitely where, where I can, I'll, I'll be carrying a pistol and, um, or I keep one in my truck and, um, when I'm that's kind of a tough one because like you'll say yeah i keep one in the truck and then all of a sudden three days later my truck's been broken too it's broken into yeah right <laughs> um but yeah i mean where i can i'll definitely yeah have, i've never had to pull my gun on anybody um but i'm i'm not a good look good looking young lady either so oh. i think i have going for me um, You're so nice no i mean it could happen to anybody um and then the opportunity is there and what's interesting like with you like i I don't hunt as much as you, but, um, I'm going to Yellowstone this fall. I'm going to be flying and, and taking that, you know, flying that pistol there because I'm going to be by myself hiking for four days in a national park. I know things yep. that go down that are sketchy, but even when I hike here in the smoky mountains, like I have a, a gun on me and I, I do a lot of teaching about like, how do you carry with a full pack on or while backpacking and, and all of that, there are ways to carry and so like the excuses for not just women, but for everyone is just, I, I try to take those away from people. There are so many methods to carry now. Like there's no excuse not to. Oh yeah. I've watched a couple of those and it's helped me out. Cause like before hunting, like I'd have it like on my side and it's just like getting in the way of the pack and yep. 
so uncomfortable. Yeah. But anyways, um, we don't have to go too far down that, but yeah, I think that's really important to talk about. Um, and I think sharing the whys helps other people realize that it's a tool or, or why it's important Not that we just want to have our guns to shoot stuff up. No. That's not a thing. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yep. You, you nailed that one. That. Yeah. Um, okay. Changing lanes. Cause we're going to wrap this up soon. Uh, I had a question about if you had to pick any other shooting sport, you couldn't shoot trap or skate or anything shotgun. <laughs> okay. What would you shoot? Long range. Really? Like PRS? Um, like precision rifle series, national rifle league stuff. Probably, probably some. <clears throat> so we got to train with a few of the top uh, rifle uh, shooters and uh, own or teachers out here in, in the Black Hills, huh. and they taught us so much. In <clears throat> like we went out to the to the range, and it goes like I, I don't even know how many miles they can shoot. Just like. Um, and I went with, uh, with my, huh, excuse me, I went with my uh, 6.5 uh, Creedmoor X-Bolt, yeah. just like, just got that in. I got that new Vortex scope on it. I'm like pumped up, super excited for it. Um, they're like, well, how far do you want to shoot? And I was like, you know, if I can shoot like, I don't know, five, 600 yards, I'll feel pretty good about myself. <laughs> and they're like, if we only go five, 600 yards, we're not doing our job. And they're like, let's push you out past or at least to a mile. And like my, my brain just like, couldn't comprehend that right away. It's like, holy cow, like, are we just like getting ready to go on like shooter for the, for the movie or something? And, um, but it was really cool. Cause they sat us down and we went through MOA and MRAD and all of the different stuff that is very simple for you guys that you live, breathe and, and know. Well, I gotta um, judge you real quick. What is your scope? Hopefully you say the right answer. <laughs> now, I'm a, now I'm a little nervous. Um, so I have the uh, Vortex uh, Viper uh, PST Gen 2. But is it Mills or is it MOA? It's MOA. No, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> yep, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep um, going. <laughs> just because it was, yeah. Like I said, if, if I was going to get into this, um, yeah. but easy wise, and they're like, go with this because it's just. Yeah. It's for, for, yeah, not being a long range precision <laughs> right going to be a lot easier for you to comprehend um but uh anyways yeah so um that's what i went with and and it was really cool because like i said they just sat us down went through everything um really fine-tuned my abilities mm-hmm. and we started making a dope card for shooting out that far because i've never shot a mile um intentionally <laughs> um but yeah it was really cool because they just we started going through and and we're getting out eight nine hundred thousand yards and just kept pushing it um, and it's really cool because they have these targets because um, they, they train the, the top snipers mm-hmm. in the U.S. or from around the world. And so they have these these targets that are like in a shape of a human, right? Or, you know, like the, you have the head and the body. Um, and then it's cool because like when the bullet would impact, they have the, the deals that light up the, the targets. Um, so, MGM you know, flasher targets, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, you know, 1800 yards, you're able to see this. So, yeah, so that's, that's what we did is we just kept backing it up. Um, we got to 1800 yards and there was a good crosswind and, and they're teaching us all that, but it was cool because we're able to get everything set up with, um, with the drop and then still have enough room in the scope to be able to be on target. Yeah. Um, and so I mean, just shooting and it's like right around like 
a circle around this this target and i hit the target and they're like you know we're all like hooping and hollering excited about it mm-hmm. and it's like okay i want to one up this and make it better i want to head shoot this at a mile and so that was the the next goal um so i think it, it took me like 12 shots but ended up putting one right through the money maker and um yeah and then so my brother got up and i think it took him like five shots or something he's like i said he's a natural with it he's such and, a like eh, yeah like whatever like chill oh i can shoot that like not, not even trying he's so good little hand no no issues at all yeah so he <clears throat> he hit it at a mile at like five shots and just that experience kind of opened my eyes um it's definitely nothing that i want to do for hunting wise yeah. like not going to take like a thousand yard shot 1200 yard shot an elk um because because there's a lot of elements like you can guess wind calls or whatever and you can get pretty close but like you never know right and just the overall trajectory of the bullet like yeah i like shooting elk a lot closer if i can yeah. um yeah in colorado so i went up for the first time i got invited on a colorado elk hunt and my first elk that i shot was like 12 or 14 yards away um with a when I shot it like it I saw it coming down this ridge and so I just like hat went on backwards like I got down and in, in my kneeling position just ready and I knew it was either going to go up the ridge or straight at me just with where I was at yeah. little I was right on his exact trail that he wanted to go mm-hmm. and so yeah he came and the wind was perfect for me but I'm just waiting there he stops at like 12 yards and put the hammer down on him um and then the next one I shot was a hundred yards away. And then he, there was a rock wall behind me on that one, or excuse me, behind him on that one. And so when I shot, he heard that sound reverberate. And so he starts coming towards me. So he like stops at like 50 yards and I put another one in, into behind the shoulder. Um, and same thing, like he went down right away. And then the third elk that I shot in Colorado was 47 yards away and shot him a heart shot hundred percent at 47 yards with 300 wind mag like nice yeah it the things up quick um so he just starts running like comes like i want to say it was like 12 to 18 yards away from me and like falls down right in front of me it was scary as heck but really cool yeah um, i thought it was up creek on that one too but <laughs> but um yeah so like I don't know. Like I've had these experiences a lot closer, mm-hmm. um, and just hunting in general, I feel like, again, it's not, not how far out I can push the limits. Um, for me, it's how close I can get to the animal yeah, without them. Being shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, again, to each their own, like yeah. I, I've heard stories of people shooting elk, you know, at 1200 yards and to each their own, um, you yeah. know, typically guys that are doing that, they're putting in, uh, a pattern at 1200 yards that would compare to my 600 yard shooting. So again, they, they have the right setup by all means. It's just not in the cards for me. Yeah. No, I totally get it. Um, yeah. so overall for foster, like what's next for you in life in this year, next year? Gosh, there's so many things going on, but yeah, there's, um, there's a lot with, uh, obviously we're getting ready to go shoot. That's a huge thing for us. Um, so we'll, we'll continue on with that. Um, we're picking up quite a few more sponsors with, with the, uh, shooting sports. Um, 
which is really cool to see hunting wise. I got the elk hunt of a lifetime that's coming up. Um, and then from there, we started up a new business for wedding photography and videography. Yeah. So kind of one of those things where I've always been very passionate about photos and video work. Um, I used to have a TV show, Waterfall Obsession TV on the Sportsman channel that I did with, with Scott Butts. Um, and we traveled throughout Canada and all the way down through the U.S. filming and hunting geese. And then, um, yeah, it's just one of those things where, yeah, just, I, I don't know, always loved video side of things and photography. So we started up the business and bought new cameras and new computer and all the gear that no one wants to invest in. And, but it's going to be awesome. So it's like when you buy that camera, you're like, I could have bought two nice trap shotguns with that. Pretty much. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or more. <laughs> or one. Or, but, or more. Yeah. It's like every time I compare what I buy, I'm like, I could have done this with that. <laughs> right. And then it's like, but in the long run, it's definitely some of the photos. Um, so we stopped in the Badlands. That's that Ram? Is it the Ram that yeah. I saw? It was incredible. Right. That was the first, like, I saw him distance and I don't really know the laws. So maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> on uh and taylor's like yeah that's, that's my husband up there on the ridge just climbing on the side of the road don't mind him and you're just like, right <laughs> saw the ram it's like okay i'm gonna go and um i from what i heard is that you're supposed to stay like a certain distance away from them um yeah. which definitely did but it was really cool because some of the shots like i thought i was being super sneaky like going into you know cameron haynes stealth mode and getting around the corner and like coming up on the point he didn't see me at all like he saw me the whole time he just didn't care um but it's really cool because like some of the shots i got i haven't posted the social media but like just with the badlands behind him him laying down and um it was it just kind of one of those cool experiences especially for the first time using the camera and yeah and now i'm getting into like astrophotography and more like your night shooting stuff and yeah going out and setting up the tent and getting the Milky Way behind it. And there's so much, yep. so much you can do with a camera that, yep. And then obviously for weddings, we, we filmed a couple weddings already and that's, that's been staying busy. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Cause like you capture so much more than I, I feel like what you can capture for photos. Yeah. And I don't know, video just adds a different aspect, especially for weddings and, and yeah. you get so much more, uh, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but there's just yeah. so much on that, that like 30 years down the road, someone's going to watch these, these videos. And it just seems like photos are great, but they just kind of get thrown away where you can have your video on a drive and you can watch it and you're right back in. Yeah. The right where. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, you have a, you have a videographer. Oh, when you mean, if that's the proper <laughs> word, if it's a win. If it's ever, a, no, it's an <laughs> ever <laughs> going into the next conversation, but yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, my, my final stuff is just, um, <laughs> wrapping this up. Like what are, or who are the sponsors that you want to thank that have worked with you? Yeah. So, I mean, it, like I said, we, we have a lot of really great sponsors, uh, Browning and Winchester have been longtime sponsors for us. And it's been so amazing because again, we, we get to get out and, do so many great things with their help and we're so grateful for that. Um, Onyx came on board this year. Nice. So I've been working with Onyx um, just in the past for like, they've sent 
a bunch of cool swag and stuff to our youth clinics, which it's amazing. Cause like, you wouldn't think like, okay, trap shooting and Onyx don't really fit, but there's so many people that hunt that mm -hmm. like it will give away like a free Onyx membership. And it's like, they, they go crazy over that. Um, so it's, it's really cool to see, but yeah, they, they picked it up. Uh, basically they want to be more boots on the ground, helping with these clinics. Um, so they're doing a ton of stuff for us this year at the aim grand. Um, we're going to get like free ice cream tickets, um, to hand out to a ton of kids for the aim grand. And, um, yeah, just, uh, it, it's so cool to, to see this stuff. Um, we picked up GSM as a sponsor. So like Birchwood KC um walkers game air so it's been really nice like walkers game airs for yep. us when we're teaching they have the fire max pro um kits and, and i mean just be, like they have the walkie talkies in there so it's like really cool because like instead of like three traps down the line like i can click that and be like matt hey come over here i need you to look at this two-eyed shooter to help figure this one out or if i have questions just communication it's super easy and and saves saves I wish if, if we would have had half the stuff when we were growing up, right. it'd be, yeah. Um, so like gals day, that was the same problem. We have no, there's no service out there. There's no internet and wifi, nothing. And so like, again, three bays over, I'm like, cool. Got to go run over here. Okay. Got to go run over here. Okay. Where I don't know where they are. So like walkie talkies or like that system would be really nice. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited. So this year I'm using uh, Rambo bikes for. <laughs> I've been for cracking my... up at your post with that. Yes. <laughs> oh, so awesome. I think we put like, honestly 35 40 miles on the ramble bikes the other day um because we get to an area um for elk hunting you really try to find water sources right now because 100 degrees out they're going to hit they have to hit water yeah. um, and so you put trail cameras up on all these different water holes like so on x i went through and literally found like every water hole in the western side of the black hills it, it's ridiculous my my on x looks like a lgbtq pride going through the hills with all the different colors and everything okay. um but it, it's really cool because i i have it figured out where like all the water holes are at and so i get to a, a, a <laughs> i can talk a specific spot in the hills and it's like okay here's a water hole here 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 and here and then i get to that spot drive out the rambo bike check that water hole it's like okay there's been elk on here or there's not or activity or the water holes dry whatever it may be yeah. but if if it's looking good, I'll set up a trail cam and then drive another five miles down the road, put up the other trail cam, get back to the truck, go to a different spot. And just but the amount of time, energy, effort that is spent not having to walk the whole way and kill my knees more than they're already hurting. So that's awesome. Those are cool bikes. They're awesome. Yeah. So it's, again, it's one of those tools that's just beneficial. And, and, uh, so. Yeah, if you're looking for a new bike, definitely check out Rambo too. That is awesome. Um, yeah. Okay, anybody else? Um, you know that's that's our main sponsors. Um, yeah. Cool. Now, okay, how do people find you on social media, and what's your website? That's a great question. There. So our website is trapshootingbros.com. Simple. Um, typically, I'll try to keep it pretty updated with uh the different free youth clinics we have going on or, or what's going on we do host private shooting clinics as well um either those we've done some over internet um like on a skype zoom call 
Uh, we've obviously host them in person. So it's, it's kind of whatever anybody wants, um, or someone needs. If you need mental training, you know, we can get on the phone and, and help out there too. Uh, as far as social media goes, it's Foster Bartholo. Um, try to, you could probably throw on a, yeah. Um, but yeah. And so like, go, go there, check out some of the content I have. It's a lot of, uh, goose hunting, big game hunting, turkey hunting. Um, and then yeah, pretty much exactly what you'd expect. So what's the the brother's account that you run? Uh, so we have, uh, the Bartholo brothers Instagram page as well. Um, that one doesn't get as much. It's more trap shooting specific. Yeah. Um, obviously just, but yeah, so I'll post quite a bit of content on there for trap shooting. Um, but a lot of that stuff you can find on trap shooting bros too on the website. So I have different blogs and articles that I've wrote and, uh, okay. yeah, it's, Very cool. it's, yeah. Thank you for sharing all your knowledge. I learned a lot about 40, 60, 50, 50, and like <laughs> all the things. <laughs> <laughs> and everything in left field yeah yeah and everything in left field no it's really cool i mean i wish i i had had gotten into that early shotguns my favorite guns they're a lot of fun to shoot like you said very safe to be at um and who doesn't like exploding things up in the air <laughs> amen to that one absolutely <laughs> no i that's why i told someone the other day it's like man if i would have known like half the stuff that i do now when i was a kid it would have just the, the opportunities, right. That people have nowadays versus even 10 years ago. Um, it's just, it's mind blowing to see how far this industry has come and, and continues to grow. So yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens in the next 10 years, 20 years and, and how we can impact that. Cause, cause that's what it takes is you and I and everybody else being a positive influence out there to help this industry and, and make it into something that, you know, will will last for a generation or lifetimes and so yeah and and for the people listening to like just they could take you know one person to the range i know you and i put on these events your brother you know they don't have to go out and have a 100 people event and all of that like just take one yep yep so yeah if you have me help a kid out we always we always preach that um it was cool we had one gal we helped out this year and um yeah my dad my dad's just like the social butterfly too so you get out to a a trap shoot and he's out like shaking hands and talking to everybody um but it's really cool so he met uh this family from here in south dakota but the young gal was just starting to shoot um so we helped she you know she came out we did a couple different clinics with her and and really went through a lot of different tips and, and got her shooting well um she shoots phenomenally well now and we're going through just uh, excuse me, a couple of her goals. And she's like, well, you know, obviously this with trap shooting, I said, well, anything for hunting. Cause hi, <laughs> um, that's me. And, uh, she's like, yeah, I want to get out and I want to shoot a bear and I want to go on a goose hunt. And it's like, well, I can definitely help you with the goose hunt, but I'm going to stay away from bears. Um, so it was super cool. Cause we got a field scouted out. Um, I was actually able to save this field, the um, landowners I have for this one gave me exclusive permission for this ground. So it's, it's really nice to be able to kind of let the birds just continue feeding in that ground and and build the, the group up. Um, typically what you'll see with goose hunting, if you're not a goose hunter, 
they'll start, you know, you might have 30 birds coming into this field and all of a sudden it'll grow to 50 and then a hundred. And then by the time you know it, you have like 2000, 3000 birds going into a field. Um, but if you don't let it build up, if you go and shoot them when it's at 50, you might not have it build up like what you were hoping to. So, but yeah, we, we had the opportunity built up this field. Um, it's like, okay, this day is going to be perfect. It's you, you typically want a little bit of wind to bring these birds in and guide them and then set out the decoys. And it was going to be like the perfect conditions. Um, not like negative 30, but not too warm either. I think it was like 20 degrees out for goose hunting. That's like, yeah, that's good. Um, but yeah, she got out there and it was so cool because we gave her one of our 20 gauge silver Browning shotguns mm-hmm. and, um, I gave her some of my TSS. So TSS is uh, tungsten super shot. Mm-hmm. It's non-toxic, but it's like, gosh, what is it? 60% heavier than lead. Okay. I, uh, 40 or 60% heavier than lead. So it's, but it also comes at a price because it's a lot more expensive. So like per shell, you're, you know, looking at six, $7 a shell. Um, luckily I had quite a few of them sitting around. So for her goose hunt ever, uh, we loaded up, that gun with the non-toxic TSS and which is legal for waterfowl hunting. And um, yeah. And so she went out and we had this first goose come in and she pulled up on it and just put the hammer down on it. And, you know, so she's smiling, grinning ear to ear. And uh, then we had a pair come in right after that. So loaded her back up with the shells and here come the birds. We're like, okay, you're, you know, you have first shots. And my dad's like, you know, just stay on them. And, and sure enough, these birds come in and she pulls the trigger on the first one, hammer down, pulls the trigger on the second one, hammer down. It's just like, she's looking at like, she's smiling ear to ear grinning. And it's like, this is so cool. But, um, I mean, it doesn't always happen like that, but it was cool because it's, you know, again, just bringing a kid into the sport, giving her a really good first goose hunt. Uh, we on a goose hunt after that. And I mean, it's just, it's hunting, right? So you never know, but, She's still, she's phenomenal shooter. Uh, we saw her, her and her family a couple nights ago out trap shooting and wow. she's doing like 23s, 24s, 25s. So wow, awesome. she's rocking it. But yeah, if you have an opportunity, definitely help kid get, get more people into the sport. I mean, I know it's, it's tough, like with waterfowl or with any hunting, yeah. trying, you, you try to keep some of the spots, you know, to yourself, you know, yeah. it's like that favorite fishing hole right that it's a secret when you don't tell anybody so um yep. but we try to get out a lot of active uh military veterans yep. so you know and, and taking out youth hunters so it, it's really cool because for us um in our area we have three four or five fields that the landowner landowners have given us exclusive permission for nice so we've posted no hunting on it and just, but the opportunity to take these veterans, take these kids out, it helps so much when we can yep. have the own hunt for them. So awesome. awesome. Yeah. And just getting someone to pull the trigger. Um, we know how addictive it is. So one shot. Right. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. And Hopefully, uh, hopefully this is what you're looking for. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. This was the first that I've been able to meet with someone that actually knows shotgun stuff that I don't know, but, um, yeah, follow Foster for sure on social media. Uh, stay tuned for more shenanigans at, in January at SHOT Show. So just be sure to follow one of us. <laughs> or both. Yeah. <laughs> or both. And-
And um, yeah, stay tuned for the next episode of the Reticle Up Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Reticle Up Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Reticle Up or 3 Gen Kenzie.